back to James chapter 2 for a few moments. Moment. Last week our guest preacher preached over an hour and I only had 15 complaints. That's pretty good, you know. Uh, it was a good message, wasn't it? Amen. I don't care how long a person preaches as long as he has something to preach. Amen. And I learned a lot last week and it was a good message and I appreciate it so much. We're not... Uh, timing nobody around here, but I'm going to try to be out of here uh, in about 44 minutes, um, but it might be a little longer. I want to finish the message on saying faith or saving faith. I'd like to also say, maybe subtitle it, is that um, demons have faith, but they're not saved. Amen? So we'll prove that in the Scriptures in just a minute. Demonic faith is emotional faith. And demonic faith is intellectual faith. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. According to verse 18 and 19 and following, uh, they tremble, but they don't know God. And so watch just having an intellectual faith or an emotional faith. You need to have faith that moves your will. And I'm not saying you're saved by works, and I'm not preaching lordship salvation. But I do believe this, and I want to make this statement in the introduction. I want you to understand it very clearly. James is known, knows as Paul knows, as we preached in Romans this morning, that man is saved by faith alone. Can somebody say amen that we're saved by faith alone, but faith that saves is never alone. We're saved by faith alone, but faith that saves is never alone. The kind of faith refers to a professed faith. It does not have corresponding fruit to verify or prove its existence. That's what chapter 2, verses 14 through 26 is all about. Let's stay in all the Word of God. That was good singing, good choir special. I hadn't heard that hymn since I was a child. Many hairs ago, years ago. Amen? And what a great hymn that is. I think we ought to put it, we ought to paste it in the front of the next book we buy. Amen? Maybe we can put it up on the wall, Brother Cody, and just sing it from our heart. That'd be fine. Since Jesus came into my heart, there has been a profound difference. How many can say that the Lord changed your life? Raise your hand. If He didn't, you might not be saved. The Bible says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say? i got it circled three times. Say, he hath faith. And have not works. Can faith save him? And in the reference to that verse is, can that kind of faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled. You just say it. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to their body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils, or demons, are believe, also believe. They believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? 
Seest thou, see, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was filled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? when she had received the messenger and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit, or breath, is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You may be seated. Father, use this message. God, thank you, dear God, for the introduction this morning. Thank you for the comparison of, of uh, faith that's mentioned, saving faith in Romans, and this uh, professing faith that's mentioned in James. God, help us to realize that we need to have some outward works. We need to have proof of our faith. We need to have marks of our faith. We need to have not just a no-so salvation, but we need to have a show-so salvation. Folks, we need to realize, dear God, that we need to have a real faith that moves and changes our priorities, our lives, our giving, our offerings, our appetites, our attitudes, just changes everything in our life. Lord, thank you for that beautiful song. And thank you, God, for the choir special since Jesus came in my heart. Lord, things have been different. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that we'd help lost and dying sinners see our faith and see our love by our works. And we'll praise you and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a favorite saying, and I started saying this many times when I was a youth pastor down in Claxton. Matter of fact, when I left there, it was hard to leave. I had 78 in my youth class, and everything was booming, and things were going great. And I didn't really want to leave, but God called me to Dalton to start a church. And she, she wrote this, and she crocheted it. And I don't know where it is right now. It's somewhere uh, under the cabinet or something in my office. It says, are you walking the walk or just talking the talk? She crocheted that for me. And folks, a lot of people are talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And folks, that's not saving faith. Folks, faith does not, if, if faith does not have fruit, that faith is not saving fruit, or faith. Uh, it's illustrated in verses 15 through 16. And I want to give you just three simple things real quick on what is the evidence of dead faith. We preached on it positive this morning, but folks, dead faith, Number one, has no compassion. No compassion. Look at verse 15. It says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. Folks, the Bible says, What is a profit, brethren, if a man who hath faith have not works? Can, a, he save, can faith save him? If a, a brother or sister be naked and destitute of food, food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding... Ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Mark it down. Dead faith has no compassion. Look at my love. You say, I can't see it. But you can see it by my actions. Look at my faith. You can't see it. But you can see it by my actions. Folks, I want to tell you something. We identify with Christ through faith that works through faith that loves. 
that faith that gives and faith that sacrifices. Out west, they tell the story of a train that was stopped by an outlaw. And he was going with a mask over his face, two guns uh, through every car, taking the jewelry, taking the billfolds, taking everything of value. Finally, as he got to one of those cars, there was a man just trembling over there. And he looked at that bandit and said, Oh, please, sir, please don't take my billfold. I'm just a poor Baptist preacher. And when the outlaw heard that, he said, Are you a Baptist? He said, so am I. Shake hands. <laughs> Amen. That's the way a lot of people are. Amen. They just don't walk it. They talk it, but they don't walk it. Folks, dead faith has no compassion. If uh, one of you uh, called me up and said you was hungry, and I said, well, Brother Darrell, be filled and be happy. Amen. That wouldn't be much faith. And that wouldn't be much compassion. I'm telling you, when, when dead faith uh, is manifested, it's, if it's manifested with, I don't care. And I'm not going to get involved. And I've helped so many people, I'm hurt. So I'm not going to really take the chance anymore. And so dead faith has no compassion. In other words, dead faith has no love. And folks, dead faith has no mercy. And dead faith does not give. And so folks, dead faith has no compassion. Number two, dead faith, dead faith has no communion. Look at verse 19. It says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Or we'll dwell on that a little bit. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? How many times are you going to repeat it? As many times as it takes for us to get it. Amen? Faith without works is dead. You say that you're saved, but you ought to prove it by your works. You don't work for your salvation, but if you're saved, you have works. Amen? And I will tell you something, and I know some people got bitter and backslid, but they need to check up and make sure they're really saved. Folks, dead faith has no communion. Some people have no more faith than the devil or demons. The Bible says it right here, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. It moves them because they believe about a God but they don't believe in a God. The devil is a real believer in many ways. I want to prove it scripturally. Number one, the devil believes. Look at Matthew 8, 29. Study the Bible with me just a second. Matthew 8, 29. <clears throat> and behold, they, the demons, cried out saying, you know, you know this is a, the 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 um, story of the Gadarean maniac. He's streaking through a country graveyard. Took his clothes off. Streaking through a country graveyard. I mean, just totally crazy. The devil made him that way. They said he, he met a man to, uh, possessed with devils coming out from the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no man passed by that way. They scared death of him. And behold, they, the demons, cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to tor torment us before the time? Folks, the devil believed that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what the Bible says. And then number two, the devil believes that Jesus is holy. Look at Matthew or Mark chapter 1, verse 24. Mark chapter 1, verse 24 in your Bible. 
And there was in a synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, verse 23. And verse 24 says, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? The demon's speaking now. Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. So here's the demons not only believing that Jesus is the Son of God, but the demons believe that Jesus is holy, that He's the Holy One of God. That's what they confessed. One other thing that I believe the demons believe. You ought to have faith that supersedes this. That's why I'm going to do an interview in just a minute. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 41, turn there with me. Luke chapter 4, verse 41. Don't you love to study the Word of God? Say amen. And bring it to church. Luke chapter 4, 41. I didn't say your cell phones. I said this leatherback King James Bible. You ought to identify the way you hold it and the way you carry it. Praise God, this is the Word of God. Amen. I believe it's the Holy Bible, don't you? I believe it's preserved, inerrant. Praise God, we hold the Word of God in our hand. It ought to be precious to you. You ought to read it. And you ought to follow along check me out. So number one, dead faith has no compassion, but dead faith has no communion. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 41, look at this verse. The Bible says this, And the devils also came out of, out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And He rebuked them, suffering them to speak, for they knew that He was Christ. Folks, not only did they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, not only believed they were holy, but they believed He's Christ of God. And folks, Christ means Messiah of God. That He's the sent one. That He came into this world to redeem the world. The devils in hell cringe and shudder and quake in just in the, in the reference to the idea of God now. No love for Jesus. Do you know anybody like that? No longing for Jesus. The devil doesn't long to be with Jesus. <clears throat> the devils does not love Jesus. They believe about Jesus, but they don't love Jesus. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says that, that uh, you can have the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says you can have the peace, peace, a peace with God in Romans 5. 1. But the peace of God is Romans, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That passes understanding. So you can have peace with God and the peace of God. And I want to tell you something. 1 John 4, 8 says, Perfect love casts out fear. So I'm going to tell you something. Some people say they know God, but it's like demonic faith. They're scared of God. They think He's a Marine sergeant that's trying to ruin their life and draft them into the service of the united local church. But I want to tell you something, friend. They just don't know God. God is a loving God. God is a sacrificial God. God sent His only Son. And I want to tell you something, our relationship should be a relationship of faith, yes, but it ought to be one of love. And folks, that's where the devil draws the line. He does not love Jesus. He believes about Jesus. He trembles, the Bible says. The demons tremble, but they don't love Jesus. And they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Amen? And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to realize it, and we need to realize it quick, that folks, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And we need to realize that God Almighty wants you 
to proclaim Him and confess Him. Let me just say this. If the devil wanted to enter this church officially tonight, I could interview him, I could sit him down, and I could interview him and say, Hey, Jesus, uh, excuse me, uh, devil, demon, do you believe in Jesus Christ? That's the first thing you need to do. And they'd say, Yes, I do believe. I saw him. Devil, let me interview you. Uh, so you, you want to join this church? He said, I'm going to say, I, I would say to him, do you believe that he died on the cross? And he would say, yes, I saw it. I'd say, devil, do you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? He says, yeah, I, I know he was resurrected from the dead. Do you believe he's coming again? Yes, I know he's coming again. Do you believe in baptism by submersion? He'd say, yes, I do, I believe that. Because right after that happened, I tempted Jesus into the wilderness. I was there. He would say he believed it. He would say, and then I, I'd say, now listen, Devil, let me ask you another question. If you join this church, will you be faithful? Oh, yes, I'll be faithful. He would even say this, I'd even join the choir and sing and serve. I'd become a deacon if you'd let me. No reference to any of our deacons. I mean, I'd be a, I'd be a deacon. I had spell check on my, on my sermon outline. It'd come out deacon. I said, no, I meant demon, amen. And then I corrected it and went deacon again. So I don't even make those jokes because we have great deacons. But I want to tell you something, friend. The devil wants to divide from within. So he wants in this church. And if we interviewed him, everything would be all right. But then if I carried the interview like a good preacher ought to, I'd like to say this, devil, if you join this church, if you are a candidate for this church, will you crown him as Lord of your life? I believe he'd spew the venom out his spraggly teeth and say, no. Would you submit to Him? He'd say, no. Would you love Him? No. Would you believe in Him enough to follow Him and commit your life to Christ? I believe right there He'd say, no, I will not. And I'd say, okay, you're disqualified. You're not a member of this church. Amen? Now, all of you can breathe a sigh of release because some of you came to me during handshaking time and said, are you going to interview me? I said, no, I'm going to interview your cousin. <laughs> no, not really. But listen, 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 friend. The devil believes about God, but he doesn't believe in God. I believe there's a Khrushchev, but I'm not a communist. I don't follow him. I believe there is one, I believe, or was one. Didn't he die? I think he did. Anyway, praise God. Ask the history teacher. But I want to tell you this. I don't believe in him or I'd follow him. And I will say this, friend. There's a difference in saying faith and saving faith. If you know Him, you do more than tremble. You do more than rejoice. And you do more than shout. And you do more than pout. You walk the walk and don't just talk the talk. Why? Because when you get saved, dead faith has, com uh, has no communion. But living faith, He's your Lord. Living faith, He's your Father. Living faith, He's your lover. Living faith, you're His bride, and He's the groom. Living faith, He's the head, and you're the body. Living faith, He's the vine, and you're the branch. Say amen. Somebody brought out something good on the, on the way out of the church service. Uh, his initials is Pete Taylor. And he said, he's, he, was, uh, he said, you know something, that's just like 
when Jesus cursed the fig tree. What you preached on this morning. I said, boy, that's great. Didn't think about that. You know what makes God curse? I didn't say cuss. He never has. But what makes Him curse is when you're fruitless. He'll, he, listen, you're cursed with self-righteousness. You're cursed with false belief. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. If your faith does not get you out of bed and get you in this baptistry and get you obedient, I wouldn't trust it to take me to heaven. And I'm not saying come to this church saves you. Some of you left here after a real long sermon and says, thank God I'm saved from that place. I'll never come back. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to happen last Sunday. And I know you're listening, Brother David. It was a great message. But folks, listen. If I didn't have enough faith to help me symbol with God's believers, how do I think that that kind of faith would take me to heaven? If I was ashamed of Christ and denied Him after I got saved and wouldn't get scripturally baptized, what kind of faith is that? Faith without works is dead. It's dead faith. It's a fruitless tree. And I want to tell you something, friend. When you see no fruit, you can count on this. The tree is dead. Say amen. Had a theological discussion with Brother Andrew in the prayer room. Was the tree dead? He said, well, it had leaves. I said, man, you're complicating the thing. It was dead. <laughs> it was dead. Spiritually, it was a, dead, a picture of a dead Christian. A dead nation. Folks, without fruit. Folks, listen, there's communion. And without communion, there is no fruit. You can get dead works. You can go through religious. But folks, if you've got a religion that doesn't change your life, I'd advise you to get a new religion. Say amen, somebody help me out. If your religion doesn't change your life positively and purely and divinely, I'm not talking about Mormonism and all the cults, I think I'd get a new religion. I'm talking about does it change your heart? Folks, I want to tell you something. If I had a religion that made me strap on guns and go overseas or stay here and, and kill people in the name of their Allah, I'd, I'd, I'd give it up. But folks, I've got, a, I've got a religion, I've got a relationship, better said, that wants me to strap on the gospel and send my kids overseas, and they're going back in January, and it's going to be hard, very hard because they're practically living with us, and praise God, it's going to be very hard to say goodbye. It's going to be very hard to not see them in four years. And Mimi reminds me we'll see them every year. I'll pray about that. But I want to say this, folks. The interview of the devil didn't work when I got down to the point, are you going to submit to the Lord? I'm not talking about lordship salvation. But I am saying this, salvation is more than a prayer. It's more than coming down front. It's more than signing a card. It's more than repeating a creed. Because I'm going to tell you something, if I gave a person a choice between heaven and hell, they're going to choose heaven every time and they'll do anything you say to, to get there. I'm talking about Holy Ghost conviction that brings you under conviction that you need the Lord, you need to be saved, and folks, once you get saved, your life is changed. And I can never tell a person if they're saved or not, but I can see their fruit and find out, find out real quick if they have dead faith or living faith. People come to me all the time and say, I'm not sure I'm saved. Well, I say, well, if you're not sure, I'm not sure. Because I can't see your heart. But if you let me hang around you for about a month or two, I'll see your fruit, and I'll tell you what I think. And if you're living like the devil, I think you're lost. You say, well, maybe they're backslidden. 
Well, you shouldn't backslide that long. Say amen. And somebody believes you're the best Christian they know and you ought to let your faith so shine before men. You ought to be the best Christian they know. So dead faith has no compassion and dead faith has no communion. And then last but not least, dead faith has no real conversion. Look at verse 20. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Again he says it. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Now folks, that is exactly what, I'm, what James is trying to get to. He's saying, listen, folks, there, a converted man is one who has life. And faith that saves always produces. And works is the real test. And folks, I want to say this. Abraham, our father, was justified by works before men. Because James clarifies it with the next verse. Look at this. He says, Seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or complete or obvious or fruitful. But then he goes back and said, I know you're going to think I'm contradicting Paul, and I know you think I'm preaching on lordship salvation. So let me tell you how Abraham got saved. Look at the next verse. You with me now? You got your Bible? If you don't have your Bible, you won't have a clue what I'm preaching. Look at verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Folks, imputed means transferred to your account. It's all by gift. It's grace. It's a gift of God. Faith that saves will produce works. But folks, I want to tell you something. You're saved by faith plus nothing minus nothing. But then after you're saved, after you're saved, there's fruit. You ever wonder if you're really saved or not? I want to tell you something. You skip church every other Sunday, you'll, you'll have so much doubt you will never get over it. If you don't get baptized, you'll have doubts all the time. I guarantee you. We have some people that's been coming here 30 years ain't baptized yet. They got doubts. They can smile, they can sit on these pews, and they can act like a Christian, look like a Christian, but I guarantee you the devil's bombarding them with doubts because if you ain't got enough faith to get in the baptistry, I'm telling you, you are backslidden or really lost. And I hate the doctrine of baptism regeneration. I believe it's of the devil. I believe, friend, you're not saved by any work, including communion, that the Catholic Church believed that the wafer and the juice turns into the blood and the body of Christ, and that's how you get saved. That's a work. That's a great ordinance. It's something you ought to do. Let me just clarify. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Mark in your Bible, James 2 now, real quick. But Ephesians, real quick. My time is flying. How about your time, amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. You know the verse, but I want you to see something you probably hadn't noticed. It says, in 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. Then say works. And that are not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Do you have to earn a gift? No. You just receive a gift. You take the word of the giver. That's how simple salvation is. But look at this. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But wait a minute. It doesn't stop there. Look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto what? Good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. Folks, the Bible says you are His workmanship. You are His tapestry. 
He, you are the frame that silhouettes Jesus to a lost and dying world, and the way you do it is you walk with works. Your work is walking. Your work is talking. And you're not just talking. So Abraham, Genesis 15, 16, was saved by faith. Saved by faith in who? Jesus Christ. Way in the future. But he saw him. Because the Bible says he saw him. John 8, 58. He says, I, Abraham saw me in, my, in his day. Amen. He saw the Lamb. He, he believed in Jesus in Genesis 15, 16. But in Genesis 22, he offers. Hey, he gives. He sacrifices. He steps out and does something that I cannot imagine any father doing. He raised the knife to pierce his son's heart on an altar because God told him to. And he believed and counted God, Hebrews 11, that God was able to raise him from the dead. That is faith. And faith got him to that mountain, and faith put that, uh, that uh, knife in his hand, and praise God, the rewards of faith was there was a ram caught in the thicket. And, G and the ram took Isaac's place. He wasn't saved in Genesis 22. He was saved in Genesis 15. It was imputed righteousness. Folks, our sin was imputed to Him on the cross of Calvary and His righteousness is imputed to us. And what a great exchange it is. What a great gift it is. But folks, once you're saved, once you're saved, once you're saved, that'll be some life to you. That'll be some love to you. That'll be some works to you. Let's read on and finish this chapter real quick. Don't you love going verse by verse? Look at Genesis, excuse me, James chapter 2. It says in the Scripture was filled, which says Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. <laughs> Amen. He was his workmanship, that's why. And then listen to this, and see then how that, that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. He's justified in the eyes of God. You cannot tell me that after he called that place Jehovah Jireh, God is here, and praise God he was willing to sacrifice. Even God says, you have proved you fear me. And the whole world knew about Abraham. Folks, he magnified God through his works and his obedience and his faithfulness. But look at verse 25. We'll close. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works as she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. And so folks, Rahab the harlot. The only time you will not see the word harlot mentioned Folks, is, uh, is in the lineage of Jesus. She became part of Jesus' family. You talk about grace. Rahab had the title harlot, but she was a harlot. She, she, she was, she's, she's not present tense a harlot because she was justified by the grace of God. And then she hid uh, the messengers. She risked her life. She sacrificed her safety and security to save God's people. Folks, listen. And the last illustration, and this is so simple. It says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead, being alone. So simple. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Now folks, anybody knows that the spirit leaves you, you're dead. And it's breath. It's the breath of God. That's where we get the word spirit, breath. 
And for as a body without the breath of the Spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. I just want to say this, friend. You might think that's oversimplifying it, but I want to tell you something. When the body is alive, there's some action. Amen? When the body does not move and does not breathe and does not see and does not speak, it's dead. And so, folks, he's just giving this illustration. Hey, listen, if you're saved, you're alive. You want to serve God. God gives you a new want to, gives you a new love. And so, folks, somebody could take the arms and try to manipulate it and try to take a dead body and try to speak through it. But I want to tell you something. Within, there's no breath. Within, there's no life. And so, folks, listen. If you're saved, and if you really have saving faith, you don't just have saying faith. You have faith that's fruitful. And faith that is a proof positive evidence that you've been to Calvary. It's a gift of God. When a man is saved, it's going to change his life. So dead faith has no compassion. Dead faith has no communion. And dead faith has no conversion. But living faith has love has compassion. And most of all, living faith has a communion with God and yielded to the Spirit. And even the devil trembles. Even the devil believes all those things about Jesus. But if you'll question him and ask him, are you willing to submit, surrender, he'll say no. Now folks, surrender and submitting doesn't save you. Saving comes through believing, but belief changes your life and there is the Spirit of God that comes in your life and the last time I checked when you yield to the Spirit of God He is the only one that can call Him Lord and He's the only one that can crown Him Lord because in yourself you're selfish and in yourself you're self-sufficient and in yourself you feel like you can pull your bootstraps up so high that it'll ricochet you right into heaven folks only the Spirit of God and witness to you that you have been not only filled with His compassion and filled with this wonderful relationship called Him Abba Father, but that you've been converted, changed by the grace of God. You know, I believe with all my heart there's a lot of people that think they're saved, they hope they're saved, they say they've been saved, And they've been down the aisle 15 times. And folks, I don't know when it's going to quit in their life. I go to YDC, and sometimes Brother Larry, Brother Benito, they come down the aisle and raise their hand every Tuesday that I'm there. I said, listen, it's an eternal gift. You don't get saved every month. Please don't do that. Don't slap God in the face and say, you lost it because you didn't have a good month. Or you lost it because of your thought life. You're saved. You're saved. I preach eternal salvation. But listen, friend, once really saved, always saved. And so we need to realize if we're really saved, and folks, I don't believe that we ought to talk people into being saved. I don't think it's based on tears or feelings because some people don't cry. I'm telling you, I've noticed some of you don't even smile. So I'm sure not going to judge your face by your expression. You were taught that. You look in the mirror and practice that. 
But I'll tell you one thing. If you want to know you're saved, there is compassion. And there is a communion. And there is a conversion. And God is real by the Holy Ghost. And you have a breath of God on your life. And there's life in that body. And there's love in that heart. And there's concern in that face towards the lost and dying world. And you want to hear the love letters from heaven. It's not some dead book. You want to tell others about Jesus. It's not a drudgery or duty. You want to introduce someone that's changed your life. And so by all means, by all means, make sure that you have saving faith. And not just saying faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege of rejecting the devil as a member of this church. Even though he believes in the Son of God. And believes about the holiness of God. And believes in the death. And believes about the resurrection. But he doesn't believe in it. Because, Lord, the devil is not saved. But he trembles. He has emotions. He had tears. He's even prayed to the Lord to save him from immediate danger or being cast into the swines on the day that Gadarean Maniac was delivered. And they have emotions and they cry and they weep. But they don't believe in because there's no compassion. There's no communion. He's not Lord of their life. And there's no fruit. Lord, thank you. Thank you, dear God, that we know we're saved because by their fruits we are known.